Okay. Welcome to the Football Garbage Time NFL Podcast. And this is our stripped-down, bare-bones version of the podcast. It's Akun Huang, I'm the Editor-in-Chief. I'm here with my co-host, Ryan Whitfield. We have been going through hell and back trying to get this podcast going tonight because Blog Talk Radio is completely down. So uh, we lost our guest, unfortunately, Adam and Eva. We're going to be on here to talk about things that are going on in the Burgundy and Gold Report, but we're going to have to do that later. And instead, we're doing this super low tech. So, hey, Ryan, uh, <laughs> thanks for hanging out here in this awesome conference center with me. This is so cool that we're doing this over a conference call. Uh, but I know you got a big trip up, up for you, so you must have got, got a lot to look forward to. So this hopefully will be uh, a nice send-off to that because we got a, a lot of stuff that we haven't talked about because of the fact that we haven't had a chance to uh, actually get a, a good long podcast rolling on our top five uh, on our top five power rankings. And that's something that we did all last year, which I thought was uh, was terrific. So hey, let's just get things rolling. What do you think? Let's give you give us your top five power rankings. And uh, and let's go from there. Oh boy, you're gonna shoot me out of the gate. Uh, <laughs> I was gonna give you some time to to uh, to take a shot at blog talk already, but I already cursed them out like sixty thousand times over the last twenty minutes. So you know, I figure we spare our listeners. Yeah, yeah. So um, all right, top five. I'll work from five. Actually, five is the surprising one. So I'll go from one. Uh, one to five. Okay. So I, uh, of course, have the Patriots number one. Number two, I have the Chiefs. Number three, I'm going New Orleans Saints. Number four, uh, Dallas Cowboys. And number five, the Buffalo Bills. Oh, interesting! Wow, that Dallas. So that's a little bit. That took me by surprise. Um, that took a little, took me by surprise. Um, I will say that um, mine looks kind of similar. I have the Patriots, obviously, number one. I have the Chiefs, number two, although I do have some questions about them after this last week's game. At number three, I actually um, I actually also have the Saints. Um, it's, it's a tough one because it really gets, after the top two, it gets really hazy for me. I also have the Cowboys at four, but at five, uh, I actually put the 49ers, and I don't feel good about it. Um, I really don't feel good about it, but they are undefeated. I'm sorry, I know. I just, I just don't. I feel queasy having the 49ers in the top five. But let's hit the Bills first. Tell me about that, because we were going to talk about whether the Bills' defense is legit or not, and I'm assuming that you put them at five because you do think it's legit. So, um, what do you think about the Bills? Why did you put them at five? Well, I certainly didn't put the Bills at five because I'm a Josh Allen fan. You hit the nail on the head on the defensive side there. Um, well, let me first hit that the league, the entire league, sucks. Uh, yeah. The fact yeah. that I have to question whether or not the Detroit Lions are a good football team, because um, I mean, yeah, if we were going to lengthen this out to our top ten, you'd have to consider the Lions. That's not a good time for the league. Sorry, it isn't. Um, the Bears are in the discussion up there, and, and I'm sorry, but that offense is. I, I've decided that you know, every option that an Andy Reid offense is absolutely painful to watch unless it's Andy Reid coaching it. Like I actually. Have appreciation for Andy Reid by watching his disciples across the league uh, you know, do the same offense but do it so less efficient. Uh, right. I, I'm completely out on Mitch Trubisky and, and I, I mean, I think there's a case to be made that maybe better with Chase Daniels in there than they are with Mitch Trubisky. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, but their team you have to consider at that five spot. 
uh, the 49ers. I, I gave you a crap saying how good you feel confident about them. They're a team you have to consider there. And the point is the league, the league is a mess. I heard a great stat on sports radio tonight that I hadn't considered yet. There are more teams in the AFC without a, without a win than there are teams with winning records. Right wow. Now. There are four winless teams in the AFC. There are only three teams in the AFC with a winning record, and then obviously it leaves a crap load of them uh, at 2-2. Two and two. Uh, But the Bills are the third are the third right now. They're technically the five seed if the season were to end today, which is stupid to do after four weeks, but uh, right. they would be the five seed as the first wild card, and they are one of three teams with a winning record. Um, you know, the Bills the Bills have sneakily been, been building something uh, in, in Buffalo the last couple of years, and this is not recency or regional bias. It's nothing to do with the game last weekend, although... If you listen to sports radio in Boston the last couple of days, you'd hear that there was actually a bad win for the Patriots this weekend, that they should have demolished that Bills team. Mm-hmm. I think that the Bills haven't played great competition, but they are the second-best defense uh, pretty much in every category behind the Patriots right now. Right. Uh, so it's them and the Bears. So those are the three top defenses, I think, in whatever statistical category you look at. Yep. Um, the Bills, are, the Bills. it's, you know, you have Edmonds in the middle, um, Ed Oliver, obviously in the draft this year, uh, you know you have Davius White, you have uh, Poyer, you have Micah Hyde. I mean they've they've built they've built a legitimate defense, and if you go through that defense, they have uh, you know I, I mean I haven't done the stats on it as me and you were talking pre-show here. I've had a busy busy couple of weeks. <laughs> yeah, right. I know. Uh, never ending, and I wish I had a few minutes to sit down and go through it. But I mean they must have four or five number uh, first round picks on that Bills defense right now. Right. It's loaded, and so it is a good defense. Um, and then on you know the offensive side, I love the Cody Ford pick, which, again, I can't remember if that was this year or last year now, but I love the Cody Ford pick when they made it. I love, I love teams who take the patient approach and build their offensive line. I think they've started to do that in Buffalo. Um, I'm a Devin Singletary fan, who's, not, who's obviously not uh, who hasn't active the last couple weeks. Mm-hmm. I think they've built um, not a high-end, you know, wide receiving core, in the sense of, um, you know, those big flashy receivers. They don't have a Julio Jones or something like that. But, you know, the number one diva wide receiver is kind of like having a, a top five running back. If you go right. back, they don't, they don't historically win Super Bowls. When you have the, when you have the talent shifted that far, the Patriots, uh, the Eagles a couple years ago, that Seahawks uh, wide receiving core, if you have a bunch of what you might call number twos, but you have a, a lot of them, well, then you have a lot of diversified weapons across there. Um, I think this Knox kid can play. Oh, yeah. I love Dawson Knox. And, you know, I think last week he started to show us that it wasn't a fluke. The back shoulder catch mm-hmm. on Sunday was fantastic. Mm-hmm. So I need a lot of pieces of Buffalo to be optimistic about and excited about. Um, you know, and I'm, I'm one of the biggest trash talkers to Buffalo. Uh, but I think, I think they're a legit team. I think, I think if you want to ask me their biggest weakness outside of Josh Allen, I think Sean McDermott is – is a coordinator, not a coach, and I mean that as disrespectfully as possible. Uh, <laughs> I just, yep. I mean, if you watch his temperament on Sunday, uh, I mean, challenging stupid things. You know, there was there was one play challenge where Edelman had cre- cle- or no, I think it was James Wayne, clearly reached the ball out uh, to get, you know, to pick up the first down, and it's one of those things that you don't challenge spot unless there's a, you know, unless there was an elbow that went down four yards before. Like, you, ne- you never win yard- yardage challenges. Like, they're mm-hmm. so subjective, so close, unless it's clear and definitive, you don't do it. And then he loses it, and he's losing his mind. He had a, I mean, they blew, I think, two of their timeouts in the third quarter in that game. It's a one-score game. They were out two timeouts in the, in the third quarter. Right. They, they 
blew their last one in the fi- first five minutes of the fourth quarter. So they're in a one-possession game against a team that has historically owned them, and they have no timeouts to go down the final ten minutes. I, right. think, he's, I think he's in over his head, outmatched, and I think he's probably the weakness. And, you know, th- this Bills team, um, as much as I make fun of the Chargers, they should have retained Anthony Lynn. I think Anthony Lynn's a better coach than McDermott, and if Anthony Lynn was at the helm, I think uh, you're looking at an even better situation in Buffalo. Wow. Okay. Well, that's. I mean, that I, I don't disagree with any of that, and I actually am impressed that uh, you put Buffalo there at number five. I, I actually have been thinking that, and a lot of people were thinking that Buffalo was going to give the the Patriots a little bit of a a little bit of a uh, a challenge. I didn't think it would be this much of a challenge, honestly. I, I really didn't think that. I thought they had a solid defense, but um, you know, not being a Patriots fan per se, but I thought there would be no way that um, Brady and Belichick wouldn't be able to scheme around what they had on defense and be able to score. And they really did uh, clamp down there, and it really was the Patriots defense that. Uh, far and away, um, neutralized, well, whatever offense they had there. Honestly, I mean, after Josh Allen went out, it was Matt Barkley, so there's not a lot to stop uh, there on offense. But that being said, that's uh, that's a pretty bold move. I like that. I, I picked the 49ers, obviously, because they're undefeated, um, and I just don't feel great about it. Um, it's interesting, though, because they did, they did beat the Buccaneers, and then the Buccaneers came back and had a big win this week against the Rams. It's, what a crap show that is. I just don't understand what that all means at this point. You know, um, you know, beating up in the Bengals is meaningless. Uh, beating the Steelers, honestly, is pretty meaningless as well with Mason Rudolph there. They just don't have a good offense. Yesterday, I felt like I was watching um, Army-Navy or something. It was like the triple attack uh, with Jalen Samuels uh, and Wildcat uh, doing uh, this kind of... Uh, I mean, but that's my point is, yeah. I mean, if you look around the league right now, 95% of the league looks like that. You know, yeah. it's, it's like watching Army-Navy. I mean, all the hype, and yeah, some of the defense was exciting. That Cowboys-Saints game was, was, was a nightmare the other night. Yeah, you it know, was. It, it's just, it, it's, as much as I said of glowing things about the Bills, it's almost as much about how bad the league is right. as it is about the Bills being a team that's finally figured it out. Yeah, well, think about it. We both have the, the, the breezeless Saints. I mean, the, Drew, the Saints, led by Teddy Bridgewater, is our number three team in <laughs> the power rankings. I mean, that's insane. And I actually thought the Ravens had taken a step forward, but they have taken a massive step back over the last two yeah, weeks. I, I mean, thought so, too. And they, they lose two, and I, I had a big against Cleveland this weekend, and they obviously couldn't get that done. And, and just to... to you know, echo your, your Teddy Bridgewater sentiment. I mean, the number three team saw their quarterback, and I, albeit their backup, who's only playing right now, but we saw their quarterback with two minutes to go in a one possession in a two-point game take like a, a 10-yard sack on third. Yeah, round. terrible. And that's the number three team in football right now. That's scary. Yeah, it is, it is. And there are some terrific, just horrific, horrific teams out there. Um, and we're going to get to them in just one minute. So that is the top five. We're going to be doing this every week, and we did this last year as well. It is the quarter. I, I can't believe it, but it's four games. It's actually the quarter mark of the season. Um, so, you know, we have some data points now. It just what really bugs me though is having a bye week in week four. That their teams on bye in week four, like the 49ers. What's up with that? That makes no sense at all. Who wants a bye week in their in their fourth week? But anyway. That being said, let's move on to the next topic, and actually it's one of those horrendous teams, and we were going to get some insight from Adam here, but let's just touch on it anyway because they're so so terrible. But the Redskins, you know, I, I just don't know what's happening there. They're 0-4. They have the third-worst point differential in the NFL at negative 52 
over their first four games. Only the Bengals at negative 53. And the Dolphins, who barely qualify as a football team at all, at negative 137-point differential, are worse than the Redskins. What are your thoughts on them? Is there anything they can do to fix the Redskins this year, or is this just like suck for Tua? Yeah, I mean, there's, there's nothing you can do to fix them. I, I think that, that one thing, and, and it feels like it's more of an, an NFL thing than any other league, and it might be interesting to, to do a deep dive something and figure out why this is, but if, if you really think about it, um, you know, whether it's AFC or NFC, if we really look at um, the marquee franchises in the league, uh, the Patriots, the Steelers, and I know the last couple of years has kind of turned into a clown show, but, you know, routinely throughout the last even 30 years, you know, the Giants have been a respectable, uh, well-run organization. Right. Uh, the Seahawks. Uh, and, and, and as you look across at these franchises, what you see and what they all have in common is its ownership. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it starts with a well-run organization, and it starts from ownership. And there are, and there are teams... Um, you know, you look at, you know, you keep it local here in baseball, you know, right now the, the Red Sox, they're, they're saying they're going to have an incredibly hard time hiring a, a new GM because uh, the last two GMs won the World Series and then were fired after one bad year the, the following year. <laughs> right. Um, and so in baseball, you can be a little bit inept and wild and, and, and unstable like that. But, you know, look at the teams that have flashed and disappeared without Peyton Manning, the Colts have been nothing. And, yeah. you know, I think that's, and that's a product of Ursay at, at the home there. Right. Um, and so what that comes back to with the Redskins, I think this is a Dan Gilbert issue. It's the reason why the Cowboys can't win since Jimmy Johnson left. You know, the minute Jones took control um, and had more influence, and, you know, Al, Al, Al Davis and uh, Mark Davis, you know, Dodo brain there out in, in Oakland. Yeah. Um, you know, you have, when, you, when you have poor ownership, um, and I think it is because of, it's probably because of the team sport, right? Talent matters in any league, but in, unlike other leagues, the most important thing I, th- I think it is, is it might be the most important team-building league. Right. Uh, so you, need, you need a good GM, and the person that hires the GM is, is the owner. So you need a, or, you know, sometimes a VP of football ops, but again, that's still hired by the owner. So it all starts top-down in the NFL. So when we look at it and say what's wrong with the with Redskins, it's that Dan Gilbert can't build a winning franchise. I think we've seen that they're they're a joke of an organization. They can't, right. uh, you know, they can't get out of their own way, man. And and it's it's just it's it's unstable. Uh, it, you know, you got a, a, an all-world left tackle who's just sitting out right now. And and yeah, that's a bummer. If he really does have if he, if he has a distrust uh, for the, the the medical staff after everything that happened last year. That I mean, that's fine. But now, so trade him, get something for him, like. You know, it's just a wasted asset to sit there. And I feel like some of these teams, you know, I look at what the Steelers did last year. And, you know, and I, and I do hate to always bring it back to the Patriots. And it's not just because I'm local, but it is because they do it better than anybody else. Mm-hmm. You, know, you look at Jamie Collins. The Patriots traded away Jamie Collins two years ago. Uh, you know, got a third-round pick, I believe, for him, or a second-round pick, something like that. Right. Uh, he goes to Cleveland, gets a massive deal, flames out of Cleveland, comes back to New England. He might be Defensive Player of the Year right now. He's on a one-year, $10 million deal, and the Patriots never had to pay him big money. Right. A Super Bowl out of him the first run. They might get a Super Bowl out of the second run. He's been unbelievable. He's got three interceptions and a touchdown, and I think he's got four sacks and eight tackles for loss, like just ridiculous numbers. Yep. And, and he's doing all this. 
and, and then the bad years were in the middle with somebody else. And it's just like, you look at it and go, well, they didn't want to pay him. And so they got something for him. And I think people think that's cutthroat or, you know, that the Patriots give up talent too easily or, you know, make it that they're outsmarting themselves sometimes. But, like, it just turns into, like, if you're not willing to pay the guy, right. for whatever reason, get something out of him. It's, it's, the Steelers didn't do it with Le'Veon Bell last year. Like, right. It's just... You, you you have a waste of a season there in Washington right now, anyways, and it doesn't feel like that you and Trent uh, Trent Brown, Trent Williams are ever going to be on the same page again. <laughs> yeah, it's a bar- no, go ahead. I was going to say it's a real shame. Yeah, I'm just like, are you gonna, yeah, are you going to cut your nose off to fight your face? I mean, the, the relationship is frayed, so so deal him and get something and start a rebuild. But they won't. They won't. So he'll probably sit there all year. I mean, we already heard what the asking price was for him, and if somebody was willing to give that. Um, you know they'd have the, they'd have done the deal, but they're not going to move off that price, so they're just going to sit there and squander this year away, just like every other year. And it's just mm-hmm. you know it, it, so that, that's what's wrong. And, and across the board, I mean they got a pretty underrated defense um, that I think can be solid. But you know you hear you know you, you talk to enough players and listen to enough player interviews and stuff, and these guys are human. And when that defense gets out there, and they know how inept that offense is right now. They know right. how inept that, that team is. And, you know, so it does get hard to gear it up and get to get fired up and go out there and make plays and sacrifice your body. Totally, yeah. Who wants to do that for a team that's like that sucks? Yeah, exactly. It has no no actual hope of turning it around. And that's the worst. Yeah. Jacksonville got carried to an AFC Championship two years ago. The offense got even worse last year, and and while there was still all that talent, they I think they all looked around. And they have. You know, a bunch of temperamental guys. Anyways, we've seen that over and over again with sure. uh, Miles, Jack, and Jalen Ramsey. And but you know, I think that they all they just seeped into that locker room. And I, and I think that's what you're seeing Washington right now. That defense has has underperformed. You know, and it's only four weeks, but I think you know we saw how good they could be at the beginning, and now they've fully continued to underperform. And um, yeah, and they just I mean, you know, it. Uh, Terry McClellan's a, is, a, is a nice bright spot. I like Dwayne Haskins. I'm a big Bryce Love guy. I hope at some point he sees the field. You see some flashes there. Right. And it's a bummer that Darius Geis is out again, of course. It is, but it's just like every time I look at the Redskins and they get a nice, you know, get a nice piece like that even in the draft, I'm like, he's just kind of wasted there. That's just yeah. how I feel until, until something drastically changes. Yeah, you know, I have to say this. Like, Jay Gruden, you know, I, 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 they, he, I think he's part of the problem as well. Uh, honestly, I mean, I, I think the entire organization is, is dysfunctional right now. But, man, putting – and we talked about this on Sunday a little bit as well, but putting Dwayne Haskins in there in that situation to lose badly, I mean, he essentially set him up to completely fail um, for no good reason, really no good reason, because there's no possible way that Dwayne Haskins not taking the reps of the first team, not having that connection, not having a, an offensive line to protect him, not having any semblance of a ground game behind him, not having Terry McLaurin, the most dynamic receiver that's available to him, not having Jordan Reed. You know, it just, how is he going to succeed? It's just impossible for him to succeed. And it just, you know, what do you do to a guy when you throw him into that situation? That that was ridiculous. And I, and I put that all on Jay Gruden, honestly. I think that's just his... Go ahead. No, because you're right on Jay Gruden. He is part of the problem. But, you know, as we talked about on Sunday with Mike, um, you know, there was the the rumors that, that Gruden may be fired if they lose right. the game. Had it, right. Who did, that, who did that rumor come from? That obviously came from the front office and the ownership that that was being leaked out. Wouldn't be surprised if it was from the top himself. Uh, and that was leaked out. And then he goes and loses the game, gets blown out, that makes a horrible decision to put Haskins in there. 
and he still has a job, and we're and we're on Tuesday night. So it's like, right. why leak that out if you're not going to do it? And like that just again just speaks to the, the, the dysfunction, the lack of organization. Like if you're going to threaten that, then come out and, and you know and hack him off on Monday. Absolutely, you know, take him right out and, and just follow through on it and say like, yeah, you know, he had a chance and he knew it and stuff. Like now you know, and now it just looks like a circus even more. Like is he fired? Is he not fired? Is he going to get fired? Is he on the hot seat? And they, right. You know, what is he going to go? And I don't know if there's been a report on it today because I'm swamped, but you know, right. is Haskins going to play again this weekend? The last well, time that's, the poll, that's uh, crazy. Great. Four different quarterback names. Like, which one's going to play the Patriots this weekend? And like, with that's the Patriots, nuts. The Patriots pass rush right now. Whoever it is out there is getting killed on Sunday. So that's like, why they should they should send Case Keenum out there and have him take the hit. There is no reason that that would be the worst decision ever if he were to say Dwayne Haskins is the starting quarterback against the New England Patriots. Their defense, as, as we've talked about, and I don't disagree in any way, top two in the league, you know, being a Bears fan, I feel like the Bears defense is, is right up there. But, you know, honestly, why would you put him in that situation without protection, without weapons, against one of the toughest defenses in the league, if not the toughest defense in the league? Put Case Keenum out there. That's what he's there for so that Dwayne Haskins can learn what he shouldn't be doing and get up to speed. Everyone was saying that he wasn't ready even before that, even if he had all the weapons, even if he had the offensive line, even if he had, he had the good matchup. And and so you just can't do it. You just can't do it. So you're right. I, I, they should have ripped the Band-Aid off, get rid of Jay Gruden. If they were going to threaten it, they should have done it. All right, let's get on to our last topic, and that's actually some other team that had some issues this weekend, and that was the L.A. Rams. They had trouble um, losing 55-40. to 40. Unbelievable. That's like a college basketball score. To the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, uh, you know, I just don't, I can't figure out the Buccaneers either, but they were, you know, last seen imploding against Daniel Jones-led Giants in week three, so I don't know what happened here because I thought the Rams' defense was better than that. So let me let me ask you, Ryan, is there something wrong in L.A. with the Rams, or is this, what do you think, just a bad day for them? Yeah, you know, you don't want to overreact to one game, um, and so it's, yeah, I mean, you know, it, it's one game, right? So, right. It, it, it's hard to not take something out of that uh, that horrible defensive performance. Uh, so, I, I mean, I'm I'm worried about Goff. Honestly, I, I really do think that Jared Goff is is not as good as anybody thinks he is. You know, um, he I think him. Well, true, true. But he really showed it this weekend. I mean, the turnovers, the bad decisions. I mean, it just he has great weapons, right? What team wouldn't want to have Cooks, Woods, and Cup? I mean, that that's a good set of weapons. Um, I don't know if it's the girly thing. Maybe he's being, maybe he's, he's too injured or limiting his workload too much. I don't know. If they can't get going, can't get rhythm. But I think Goff is the problem, honestly. I think that really he um, succeeded in a, in a system that was schemed to his talents, uh, and the defense was solid, so he didn't really have to do that much on offense. And um, this year, when he's when he's behind, he just looks lost. He's making bad decisions downfield. He's not getting his receivers. He basically ignored Cooper Cup for half a game. Um, that doesn't make any sense to me. I mean, honestly, I just I don't really get that. I mean, these these are all three receivers are viable targets regardless of who's covering them. And he just locked into Woods for half a game, which he ignored for the first three games. So I. I don't know what's happening over there. I don't know if it's play calling, but there's something wrong, Jared Goff. That's what I think. Yeah, and down the stretch, he was just feeding Gerald Everett all of a sudden. I don't know. <laughs> right. That was, that was his go-to guy. 
Um, yeah, I mean, he's got a one-to-one TD to interception ratio, and he's got an 82.9 rating so far. So, uh, yeah. Um, and, and, you know, we've seen this before. You know, a, a bad championship loss can can change a team dynamic or change a player dynamic. And, um, you know, like I said coming into the year, that McVay needed to shut up and move on from the Super Bowl and stop talking about it, stop talking about what he learned from Belichick and what he learned and why we didn't game plan this and just let the game go and move on. Um, you know, it feels like they might have cracked Goff and not cracked him like he needed to be solved, but I mean like mentally cracked him because this was a guy that I think once they got there that maybe he started to think he was better than he actually was. Right. And he had that game on that stage. And then, you know, uh, the reports after the game were that the Patriots' uh, defense uh, had come out basically saying that they figured out very early uh, into their prep week that they could make him fold. Yeah, mm-hmm. they basically... They basically not taunting, but like uh, they were uh, making it very vocally known that they they had known early into their two weeks of prep that that he couldn't beat them. Um, and so if he's heard those press clippings, which I'm sure he has, yep. uh, you know that's in his psyche a little bit. And now he comes out here this year, and you know they've won despite him so far because I think he came into the game the other day with four touchdowns, and three uh, three interceptions. Yeah, he was two two and three the other day. So. Mm-hmm. Um, and all that aside, the, the most egregious thing he did on Sunday was, and not just because of the situation, um, but that is one of the ugliest, softest, weirdest-looking strip sacks you will ever see. That <laughs> yeah. I just, like, just no pocket awareness. Base, I mean, he got bumped, and that ball came flying out. I just, right. I honestly, I had to rewatch it in slow motion three, four different times to, like, figure out, like, the, the physics behind how that ball came out because it was, oh god, that's an ugly play. That's an embarrassing play. You you've got to be holding onto the ball harder than that in that situation um, when you have a chance to go, you know, uh, win the game. So, uh, you know, and, and for me, they were my knockout pool pick. So I'm. Oh, that's, that's that's particularly bad. <laughs> and I'm happy because they weren't weren't my knockout pool pick. I just pick against Miami every single week, so. I felt pretty good about that. I'm glad to get rid of some people because everyone was picking against Miami every week. Uh, I just don't. I don't trust the Chargers. And the first quarter of that game, the first half of that game was a little scary there. But I know. We were on the line when they were ten uh, ten. <laughs> I was getting worried. I know. Uh, but yeah, so I, you know, I look at it and say that. And then the other thing is that you know I think that it's important to notice there note the historical, whether you want to call it a hangover, the extra games, the mental right. part of it, or whatever. But it's most teams who lose the Super Bowl, uh, you know, they almost never go back. Um, they, you know, a lot of times miss the postseason altogether, uh, and basically no one goes and wins it the next year. Well, right. Except for the 2018 Patriots. But other yeah, than that, uh, there it is. <laughs> if, if you lose, you know, you typically don't go back the next year, so maybe yeah. them crashes back down to earth a little bit. That I think that I think you're right there. I definitely think you're right. All right. Well, well if we had an air horn, I'd hit the air horn on the show right now. Er, that's the air horn. And uh, here we are at the end of the show. Uh, super bare bones, uh, Ryan. You know, why don't you give us your social media so people can follow you? Yeah. So uh, you can follow me at Ryan Whitfield Ne. Uh, should be taking my fantasy advice because I'm finally, finally doing well in our two quarterback leagues that we do uh, every year. So that's yeah. going well for me, which I'm very excited about. However, 
I wish Adam was on so he could pass the message on to Wally. But uh, I am no longer undefeated in that league. Still <laughs> <laughs> so number one, though, right? Yeah, I don't know if you paid attention, but I, I went into Sunday night down 12.8 points, and I had Dak Prescott and Juju Smith-Schuster. Oh, that's painful. 12.8, and I got 12.3. Oh, man. down to is if the freaking Saints had just knocked the ball down on the Hail Mary at the end of the game, I win. But oh, the interception. Oh, that's so brutal. Pretty terrible. Oh, that's so brutal. As you are in the pick. <laughs> Wait, hey, listen, I'm not gonna. I'm, I'm obviously not going to promo my picks for a couple of weeks, but I'm gonna catch up. Trust me, I'm, I'm getting there. I'm getting my footing. It's just, it's early season rustiness. Not gonna rust off. The locks have been fine. The upsets have been terrible. I'll own up to that. But just with as bad as you've been, you should just probably not use the term lock. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fair enough. Listen, I'll let you get away with that because I know you've been you've been underwater and everything, and, and you're getting some vacation time. So we're gonna get a kinder, gentler Ryan when we come back in for sure. You can f- follow me at also, yeah. Sorry, before you say, if you really wanted to. Uh, you know, take a dig back at me there. All you had to say was that I, I can't talk about the picks on the show until I finally submit them to the article. <laughs> you know, I, I was I was thinking it. I was thinking it. I know you put your picks in. You just don't want to share it with anybody. And I just thought, you, you were thinking, this is such gold. I just can't give it to anyone. <laughs> you know? Oh, God, I wish. I sit there every week. I'm like, I'm going to do it this week. I'm going to do it. And the next thing I know, it's Sunday morning. I'm like, oh. <laughs> You know, for four weeks, the section underneath your name says, coming soon. You realize that? <laughs> Honestly, I've made my Thursday pick every night, every week so far. Thursday at 8:05. Nice. Sunday picks I put in about 12:30 on Sunday morning. That's <laughs> well, that doesn't make me feel any better because you're doing better than I am. So I, I don't feel good about the fact that you're throwing them up there last second. I guess. Uh, enjoy your vacation, Ryan. We're looking forward to you coming back bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. You can follow me at FB Garbage Time. Thanks, everyone, again for wasting time with us. Until next time, enjoy your NFL week. Cue music, which I could sing, but it would be terrible. So, ciao, everyone. Hope everyone enjoyed the, the hi-fi uh, experience tonight. <laughs> right. Well, back to basics, baby. <laughs> with the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.